It is Monday. We have a lot to uh, discuss today um, and uh, and a, a few things that I think uh, might be controversial. I hope not. They wouldn't have been at the beginning of my career, but towards the end of my career could be the end <laughs> of my career. Yes. Uh, Patriot Mobile, uh, despite another fake accusation with no cooperation against Brett Kavanaugh, the left still wants him impeached. Uh, Beto flat out said he would confiscate your guns, and it's uh, even worse uh, this weekend. Democrats want to push new red flag laws, an exempt known to uh, you know known uh, for known gang members, uh, and and finally continue to investigate the attempted obstruction uh, into the uh, president. Do you realize that every time you make a phone call, you're probably helping those causes out? The phone companies are donating to these far left-wing organizations. Take your money back. Take your control back. Switch right now to Patriot Mobile. With plans as low as 25 bucks. you'll get nationwide service that's great. Great customer service. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash blaze now. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze. Hello, America. Are you a babysitter now or are you a parent? Parental rights. Do you have any? Beto said, no. Mm -mm." When Ben Shapiro uh, did a uh, monologue on Friday, the left went out of their mind. And I tweeted support for Ben. Oh, my. Oh, that, that didn't work out well. They have taken the masks fully off. I told you that they would do this probably eight years ago. I said, there's going to come a time where they'll take the mask off and say, yeah, yeah, we do want your guns. Yeah, you're not really the parent of that child. Yeah, we do want to soak the rich. We don't believe in capitalism. We're all socialists now. I told you that would happen, and we are here. We begin with what they want to do with your guns now. And this, according to the New York Times, the masks are fully off. And we go there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you've been dreaming about your own home, uh, but you're not really sure even where to begin with the process of buying one, you're not alone. It's important to understand that there is no one path to home ownership and not all options work for everybody. So why not choose a lender that is working for you? American Financing. They have salary-based mortgage consultants that create solutions. They don't count commissions. They never charge upfront fees. Instead, they do what it takes to get you into home for the least amount down, but they do it responsibly. This is a um, this is a loan uh, uh, company that that actually, I think, cares about you. They don't make irresponsible loans, and they're not getting kickbacks from the banks. They truly care about helping people becoming homeowners. 
and then keeping their home. I want you to call American Financing now. Uh, it's a quick 10-minute phone call. could save you thousands of dollars right now. They have you covered coast-to-coast at AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. Or you can call them at 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So the New York Times surveyed the 2020 Democrats on gun control, and they found that there are there are some dividing lines here. Um, not a lot of dividing lines, I think, between um, the Democrats. I mean, there are a few, but between anyone who believes in gun rights and the Democratic field, there's some really, really uh, bright lines being drawn. Uh it seems remarkable. I'm, I'm going to quote the New York Times. If it seems unremarkable that every Democratic presidential candidate wants to ban assault weapons, it's worth looking back just a few years. In 2013, the last time a ban received a floor vote in the Senate, nearly 30% of the Democratic caucus voted against it. The Times survey adds to a pile of evidence that a segment of the Democratic Party is headed towards extinction. And that extinction, that part of the party, is the one that believes in the Second Amendment. It is no longer politically tenable to be a Democratic presidential candidate and support the sale of an AR, which has become the weapon of choice for mass shooters. (laughs) No, no, it hasn't. Handguns also are used. Several other policies had unanimous support among the candidates who completed the survey. So-called red flag laws, which allow confiscation of guns from people judged to pose an imminent risk to themselves or others. This is, this is one of the more dangerous ones, in my opinion. The so-called red flag laws. We already have those. If you think someone is a danger to themselves or to others, you already can call police. And they will already take the gun away from them. They'll have to go to a a mental hospital and be checked out. But that's the system we have. There has to be due process involved. And what they want to do is get rid of that due process. Yeah, it's too slow. And the Democrats... Oh, too slow for due process. Yeah. And the left continually gives commercials to the warning signs of what's going on. You mentioned the Ben Shapiro thing earlier today. Um, where he talked about defending the lives of his children against someone coming and trying to take them from the government. Uh, and it was a big big issue over the weekend. Well, what was the response from Eric Swalwell, the uh, former presidential candidate, congressman? Uh, he said, perfect use of red flag laws. The second someone disagrees with their opinion, well, all of a sudden, they're too crazy to have their guns. If you're wondering how these things will be utilized, Eric Swalwell just gave you a commercial for it. He didn't like Ben Shapiro's rant on the internet. Now, take his guns. And this is the demonstration of why I believe in the Second Amendment. It's not because I like to shoot. It's not because I, my family and I, we, we do it all the time and we enjoy it. It's not that I'm going out and hunting for my food. I have my guns for one specific reason, and that is a check on the balance of power. 
If you think the United States government is not afraid of people with guns, why did Swalwell say that? Why would Swalwell say, well, if you disagree with us, we have to come take your guns? And he didn't say that, but he said <coughs> what Ben Shapiro said was a was a a good reason for the red flag laws. Well, what Ben said was, my children belong to me. And if you want to come and take my children away because I won't teach them that there are no genders, I'm sorry, uh, you meet me at the front door with a gun. Because I will defend my right to teach that to my children and to keep my children. That, to me, is perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. I would never think of the state going in and taking somebody away, their children away, because they, um, uh, they believe that there are 97 genders. <laughs> I would say, well, you know what? Let the free market work that out. Let the public work that out. You know, that kid is going to grow up and he's going to believe all kinds of crazy things. Well, that's okay. He'll believe lots of crazy things, but it's mom and dad's right to teach it to him. And we know over 80% of people who uh, question their gender early in life and don't have the surgery wind up coming out on the other side and saying they are pleased Mm -hmm. that they didn't have the surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's just eventually people kind of figure that stuff out. Now, if you want to change the sex of your four-year-old, six-year-old, even 10-year-old, well, then maybe we should maybe we should talk about that as a society because that's a new idea. I I think that is abusive because you're making a change they cannot change back, and they might like princess dresses today, but as Stu said, studies show later they don't. So if you are fundamentally altering their body and their chemistry. Well, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's something we should all discuss. But right now, it's totally fine. You can do that. That's totally fine. When did we decide that? When did, we ever, when did we ever voice that? The elites are voicing that. And they want to jam that down my throat? No. Well, that's funny, too, because it's, it's really the reason why we didn't all decide that is because a lot of times it's kind of none of our business. Yeah. Right, but they they are taking advantage of the thing that they want to end, mm-hmm. the the advantage of of parental choice, and and you can raise your parents however you want. Now you're talking because. about physical changes, uh, in you know cutting somebody open for a surgery they don't need. That's covered under other laws. But as far as arguing for those things, teaching your kids that there's 97 genders, that's, that's that your is completely your right as it's a parent. Right. It might be something that you think is nuts. Yep, it's your right. You I don't do like it, but that's your right. Yeah. I, I teach my faith. This, you know what's so crazy is my faith came out with a proclamation of a family in the 90s. And I remember everybody going, what? Why would they issue this? And it was a very big deal. It's a cornerstone of our church. And it talks about how sacred the family is and that gender is something that is assigned eternally in heaven that you are born male and female and they are not to be changed or trifled with this is in the 90s it's specific about that so now you're going to come and tell me that i have to teach my children something that my faith says absolutely not 
absolutely not. No, I, you know what? I have a right to my faith, to my practice of religion, of raising my children. And if that means I meet you at the front door with a gun, damn right, I'll meet you at the front door with a gun. Now, I don't believe my faith will say that. <laughs> but that's the way I feel. So, okay, so red flag laws. There's the first wow, one. Just only one. We just got through one. one. One of the policies proposed. A ban on high-capacity magazines. That's it, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Do you know that you have something called a 3D printer and you can print magazines? The bad guys will just print them? I mean, people who have a 3D printer who obey the law, they're not going to print them. But you could print those at your house. It's so ridiculous. So stupid. I mean, and, and to think that you could stop them from being mailed around, ordered on the internet is insane. Uh, an unnamed relative of mine um, recently told me that they got uh, in the mail a, f- uh, a gift from uh, a friend of theirs, uh, which happened to be um, edibles, right? Uh, you know, marijuana-laced food. Okay. How are you stopping that? I'd like to know, how, like, right? Texas doesn't have it legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah doesn't have it legal. But you're telling me you're going to stop? There, are they going to individually inspect every package of gummy bears that gets mailed to see if there's marijuana in it? It's just effectively legal in, in every state because of the same things like this. Try to ban it. Anyone who wants it can get it, right? And the same thing that's happened with these tiny pieces of plastic or metal that could easily... We're talking about a container. What, it, what It's a container and a spring, a high-capacity magazine. That's what it is. Anybody can get these things. You can get the parts for them easily. You can 3D print them. You can get them mailed, uh, you know, from, from the you internet. You could make them. You could make them. <clears throat> you could make it's, them. It's ridiculous to think that banning them would do anything. Yeah. No, it will keep them out of the hands of people who want to respect the law. Yeah. It will not do it for anyone mm-hmm. who doesn't give a flying crap. Right. I mean, this is this isn't. I'm making a gun. This is I'm making a magazine. It's and you can't have this conversation with people who have never held a gun because they have no idea what a magazine is. They've absolutely no idea what a magazine is, and it takes you a while to really understand magazine and clip. It's different, and you know what? Once you learn that, you're like, uh, yeah, I understand. It's like we're not a republic. We're not a dem- democracy. We're right. a republic. It's one of those things that people don't get, and it drives people nuts because you cannot have an argument with somebody who doesn't even understand the difference between a clip and a magazine because it shows you haven't been around it enough to understand it. How am I going to have a a conversation with you about a gun when you can't tell me about the little plastic thing that you put bullets in that goes into the gun or a little metal thing that holds all the bullets together before you put them in a gun? Hmm. Yeah, right. And there's no way to have that conversation because the person you're talking to has no knowledge on the topic. No. And and this this goes to also what, what stupid Beto's campaign said about all of this. When they talked about, you know, people, when you try to ban their AR-15 or take it from them, what's to prevent them from keeping these guns? They're just going to keep them. And Beto's uh, representative said, look, no, we believe the American people are law-abiding, and when it comes down, when these laws are passed, they're going to mm-hmm. follow the law and mm-hmm. handle them in. Mm-hmm. Well, then why are you passing the law? If you believe that they're following the law, why are you taking their guns? Mm-hmm. They're going to cross the line on keeping their gun, but not this evil murder? 
the people you are talking about. You're admitting that your law has no effect. Because you're only taking them from the people who care about the law. Care about the law to not, let's say, shoot up a movie theater. Right? Like, these are not the people you need to worry about killing others. The people that are going to willingly turn in their guns, you're only taking them away from the most compliant people. Because this, honestly, is not about guns. As I wrote in the book called Control, it's not about guns. This is about control. And our founders understood that. They knew. That's why you have the Second Amendment. You know, um, England... England, everybody had guns in England. Everybody had guns until the king decided, you know, they're getting a little unruly here and they don't like the things that I'm doing. Take away all their guns. That's what that was the lesson our our founders understood. Wait a minute. How did the king get out of control? Oh, he got out of control when he took everybody's guns. That's how. You know, why do the Scottish throw... Have you ever seen the Scottish when they take the poles and they throw the pole, the you know, like the logs? Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. You know why they do that? No. Because they weren't allowed to have any guns or any swords or any weapons of any type because mm. they need... The king knew these guys were fighters and they were never going to give up. So it was illegal for any of them. So they trained by throwing big rocks. They kept their military people strong by how far can you throw that tree? Because you didn't have any other weapon. So you needed to be able to kill them with rocks and with big, huge branches. I was going to guess utter boredom. Uh, (laughs) No, no. no, Surprisingly, that was that was mine, too. It was kind of like the Canadian (laughs) with the sweeping on the ice. No, this one actually had a military uh, purpose for it. All right. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com S- selling a home is really hard nobody enjoys the process but when you have to do it it helps immensely if you have somebody you can trust as your real estate agent it's just as simple as that whether it's integrity or competence or both it matters that you get the best of the best this is why we've created realestateagentsitrust.com now we're not going to recommend an agent in your area if we don't have an agent in your area For instance, I don't have an agent in my area, and I would love to have one who is the expert on my neighborhood. I'd love to have one. Anyway, we've learned that best practices of great agents, um, uh, what they are, and that they make a huge, huge difference. These are the people that we have found. We have about a thousand of them all around the country. Real estate agents, uh, I trust.com. When you say, I want to buy or sell a house, you go to real estate agents, I trust.com. Within five or 10 minutes maximum, somebody will send you um, uh, some information and you will be able to contact the person that we say has the best experience. I want you to do your own homework because they're going to work for you. But I think you're going to like them a lot. Real estate agents, I trust.com. They're the best in your area. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Real estate agents, I trust.com. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. (laughs) Okay, this is great. I love this. Closing the Charleston loophole. Do you know what the Charleston (laughs) loophole is? Only because I, I, I... 
I've heard the term Charleston mm-hmm. loophole before. Yeah, yeah And, you yeah, know, yeah. the thing is about these loopholes, they're never loopholes. No. They're either just someone breaking the law blatantly mm-hmm. or something completely different. In mm-hmm. this case, it's something completely different. Mm-hmm. It is the government breaking the law. Thank you, Stu. Thank you for knowing this. I love you. It's amazing. Yeah. So the, the Charleston loophole is the government breaking the law. There is a law that says you have to be able to, to well, I mean, it's te- not technically breaking the law, but let me explain it. There's a law that says you have to have, there's a waiting period of, what is it, uh, three days? No, it's not a waiting period. It is, it is you a, have to have a background For the background check. check. How long can they take to do the background check? Only three days. Three days. And it's, and it's, and everyone knows it takes about 20 minutes. You go and you buy yeah. your gun, mm-hmm. it takes no more than 20 minutes. If it's really crazy, I mean, at the height of the gun sales, it could take you an hour only because of the line in the store to get it. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. and, and so people back in the day realize that this is something when the background check went into effect that could be exploited yes we're having computer problems in washington again Mm -hmm. no one gets any guns approved Mm -hmm. for the next six months oops right so this is this and i saw this happen i was going to buy some guns in connecticut before obama won okay Mm -hmm. and they told me you gotta get you gotta get it you gotta get it right now gotta get it right now i bought them before before he won then I bought them after he won. Oh, darn what it. happened? This computer system again. It oh, was, there the was fritz. no problem under the Bush administration. <laughs> as soon as Obama got in, all of a sudden, computers are down. There's just that. Just Washington is backlogged. Computers are down. It's Re- going to be. Remember the Noid? The Noid that used to steal the Domino's pizza? Now yeah. he's, he's in the, in the he's gun in the, system. He's in the gun he's system. He's it up there. Yeah. That darn yeah. Noid. Yeah. Avoid the Noid at all costs. So this isn't a loophole. This is actually, yeah. this is like a uh, do not cross. Yeah. You know, this is almost like a Bill of Rights. You have a right to get that gun and the government cannot take more than three days to do it right so in charleston they did they mm-hmm. took more than three days so if you if they take more than three days they get you have to give the person the gun well the government screwed up this guy wouldn't have passed a background check uh but it went longer than three days so they had to give him the gun mm-hmm. so they're calling that the charleston loophole now it's not a, charleston it's not loophole. a loophole Mm-mm. it's the government can get an automated background check done in less than three days mm-hmm. it's an absurd amount of time already and now they want to extend it in this article they say to potentially two weeks if not longer. Uh, so that is not a loophole. It's They call it the loophole because it makes it feel like, uh, you know, it's it, it, the NRA's carving out these little things for murderers. That's not what's occurring. How about the boyfriend loophole? That one's interesting in that um, it, they have domestic violence convictions that uh, can get you so you can't have a gun. and But they cover mainly people like your husband, your spouse. But they might not uh, cover a boyfriend. They should cover a boyfriend. I don't have a problem with that Good. in theory. Uh, yeah, assault you, is assault, if, right? If, it, domestic yeah. violence is just another version of that. Assault right. is assault. If, if, you you do, if you committed domestic evol- uh, 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 violence, no, no. No gun for you. As long as there's process. Winter is coming. I love that from the Game of Thrones, except it took five years for winter to come. <laughs> and it didn't really come. Yeah, winter is coming, uh, and it's uh, not going to take five years. You've got to be prepared for it with your car. Most of the breakdowns that occur in a car occur during the colder months. Things just don't work as well in cold weather. I know I don't work as well in cold weather. Huge headache having to always be worried about what you'll do if something happens to your car. Take that stress away and do it right now. Get Car Shield. You don't have to worry about the car repairs, the cost, the downtime, the inconvenience of all of it. 
CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair surprisingly and amazingly simple. You can have anybody do it, your favorite mechanic or the dealership. Uh, they provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. So don't let your check engine light change your life. Get CarShield, 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, and mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK, save 10%. It's carshield.com, promo code BECK, carshield.com. We go deeper into how your Second Amendment rights are being eroded on blazetv.com with Glenn tonight at 5. For 10 bucks off, use the promo code Glenn. Welcome to the program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Pat Gray joins us. Let me just uh, say this quickly about Syria. Um, late uh, yesterday afternoon, I got video out. I just uh, tweeted it earlier this morning. Video out uh, from the Syrian border of the Nazarene Fund, uh, our operatives there, all waiting in jeeps right at the border as our, our other operatives went in under cover of night and grabbed as many Christians as possible, and uh, we are starting to get them out of uh, Syria. The first person killed, I have the name, I'm not allowed to share it, but I have the first person's name that was killed by Turkey, and it was a Christian. Um, we uh, we really desperately need your help. I, I'm I let politics uh, rule the day elsewhere, not here. On this, we really need your help. If you would like to save these Christians, they are going to be the Christians, the Yazidis, and the northern Iraqi Kurds are all going to be annihilated. They're just going to be annihilated. Um, and um, we need to get them out. So please, if you can, even five dollars, just five dollars. If you, if you could do five dollars a month, there is a monthly plan to where you can put five dollars down. Uh, and five dollars a month. I think it's. I think we're down to what is it? Sixty dollars a person uh, to be able to get them out. Mm. Uh, it was twenty thousand when we first started. Wow. Yeah, we have really. We, we have some amazing. Way more people. efficient. Way more efficient. Uh, we know what we're doing, and and we are doing things um, kind of in bulk. You can get more people out in mm. bulk, apparently. Um, NazareneFund.org, please uh, donate now and help those Christians in Syria. Did you also see that uh, Turkey's been bracketing our troops with art- artillery fire? I mean, they, they're just, uh, they're so hell-bent on wiping out these people that uh, they're, they're trying to force us to withdraw even further. They're pissed off about the fact that we still are where we are with operational troops and so they're firing artillery shells on each side of them, and they know full well the exact coordinates of where our troops are. And they fired it at them within a couple hundred yards. It's not good. It's not good. This is not good. It's really bad. It's a really bad time of year to uh, sanction Turkey as well, right around Thanksgiving. And yeah. I think it's are really, we going to be able to have any turkey? I, I don't know. It doesn't look like it I right mean, now. It doesn't look like if it. If Beto takes our guns, I know I won't be able to get any turkey. <laughs> And I think all the, I mean. Beto and Kamala, uh, they both right. want to. I mean, yeah. we, we've got to, yes, 
we have to take the guns, but we need to we need to set fire to the Constitution the right way. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. It's got to be done right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. So Kamala the, is the really conscious right. about that. The only way, the right way to do this is to repeal the Second Amendment. And the reason that why. That is the they, right way to do it. it is, and the Constitution <clears throat> allows that. If, if you want to mm-hmm. say, I want to repeal the Second Amendment. There's a process. Y- there's a process. Do it. Do it. You just know you can't. What and are the odds why? that anybody will ask her about that tomorrow night? Oh, zero. You mean yeah, the Constitution? No. The fact that, how do you, I'm sorry, you said you wanted to take 10 million guns from Americans, but you want to do it the right way. Explain to me what is the right way. No, they, no, they, well, they might ask that question, but it won't. I don't think they will. They won't hold her to it. No, that's She'll true. just say, we just have to pass laws. Yeah. <laughs> Which no, you can't that's, do. you can't do that. <laughs> Okay, so we've we've been going over this uh, this thing from the New York Times on all of the things that they all agree on: red flag laws, ban on high ma- uh, high capacity magazines, closing the boyfriend loophole, closing the oh, I hate this Charleston loophole, enacting federal anti gun trafficking law. We don't have that already. Um, most of the candidates also say you have to be twenty one. Well, then you cannot send anybody to war at eighteen. Don't you dare, don't you dare come for anybody at 18 to send them to war. Don't do it. Um, The biggest sticking point, according to the New York Times on Democrats, now is what to do with the million of assault rifles that are already in Americans' hands. Candidates are united for calling for a buyback program through which owners would be able to sell those weapons to the government. But state the obvious, many people don't want to give up their AR-15s. Should the government make them? If so, how? The outlier is Joe Biden, whose gun plan would incentivize states to enact licensing programs that would not but would not require them to do so. You need a federal license to drive a car, he said during a recent gun forum. Uh, Mr. Booker said to the forum to the forum that licensing was not a radical concept, uh, that anyone who did not support the federal program should not be a nominee from our party. And, you know, and Biden's point on you don't need a a federal license to drive a car is that obviously the states are doing it. So that's kind of there's not a huge divide there. He's just saying, I want the states to do it. He's going to incentivize states to come up with the licenses. Well, there's also not a constitutional right to drive a car. So there's a little bit of a difference there as well. Yeah. Just a teeny bit. Well, what about the car clause? Yeah, there isn't one. The, the, <laughs> no, there isn't. the, no, the car amendment? No, mm-hmm. no, no. The, the no. right to drive? Nope. None nope. of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I love this, though. This is fascinating to me. Uh, the political terrain on guns has been shifting for several years in response to mass shootings, et cetera. Which, by, which, by the way, we should point out that the, the crime uh, report just came out. Another 9% less homicides than the year before. An- less. Wow. Think of that. Think wow. of that. This... Think of that. We're saying that guns Jeez. are such a problem. Homicides were down. Again. Nine percent again this last year. Mm -hmm. And we should point out again that uh, once more, uh, less than 300 murders in the entire country were committed with any type of rifle, not just AR-15s, not just ak 47 And that includes mass shootings. Rifles combined, including mass shootings, uh, less than 300 people in a a country of 330 million. You should ban pools. Pools Pools kill more than any rifle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not to mention just pools, uh, personal weapons. What are personal weapons? Hands, fists, and feet. Um, we're, we're talking about 672 murders. Well, that's because I can't control my fist of fury. 
I can't. Really? No, I, I've seen that I have a problem. You're, you're with so it. aggressive. I have a problem with it. Fifteen hundred wow. with knives, but three less than three hundred with rifles, and those are the things they're trying to ban, which makes tons of sense. Yeah, it does. Policies that were dividing lines among Democrats have become baselines. Again, this is Glenn. How many times have you said it? They're going to start admitting mm-hmm. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to take the masks off and just mm-hmm. admit that they're going for these things. Uh, proposals that were politically untouchable are now firmly on the table. Mm-hmm. All 19 uh, candidates supported an assault weapons ban, which I believe would now be ruled unconstitutional post-Heller. It's a whole other situation. The biggest disagreement, whether they should already own guns. Um, there is some support for a federal gun registry. Oh, we're not trying to register people's guns. Don't be that ridiculous. the NRA mm-hmm. talking points. Yes. Even yeah. the we Times. We don't want to take them. We don't want to confiscate. Yeah. We don't want to license anybody, register anybody. Yeah, and they're doing all that We're now. strong believers in the Second Amendment. Uh-huh. We just want common sense restrictions, <laughs> and I don't want the scaremongering. From, right? We've, how many mm-hmm. times have we heard that? A million. Mm-hmm. Even the Times admits it. Uh, there's some support to a federal, for a federal gun registry, an idea that many Democrats used to dismiss exasperatedly as gun lobby scaremongering. Wow. And now there's, I think it's wow. at least it's over a third of the field. Well, is yes, supporting because that. things have changed. D- things, right. Streets are changed. so dangerous right. that they are now 9% less likely of <laughs> being murdered by a gun or fists of fury than they were last year. Things have changed. And this shows what we always say and are criticized for. As people on the right, as conservatives, as talk show hosts, they want all of this crap. They're just waiting for the moment it becomes politically feasible to do it. That is progressivism. As we've learned over these many years, listening to Glenn blab on about Mm -hmm. it every freaking day. It it is not an idea of a difference of where they want to end up. It's progressive saying the alternative to revolution. They're not saying, like, storm the government buildings and overthrow it today. They're saying every second they have the political feasibility to get one more step down this road, they will take it. Because Mm -hmm. the end of the day, if you listen to even the people who are objecting, the quote-unquote moderates like Joe Biden, are either saying, well, we can't get it done right now. It's It's not feasible. Or... Well, we should do it in another way, yeah, so it notice, is feasible. Notice they say that it's not feasible. They don't say it's not constitutional. Or not right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. right. It's not constitutional. What they say is it's not feasible. Well, when it becomes feasible, mm-hmm. then you do it. Mm-hmm. Try this one on for side. Um, Governor Gavin Newsom has signed now more than a dozen firearm-related bills on Friday, they're now law, including one that expands the state's existing red flag law. It expands the red flag law. One law allows Californians to purchase just one long gun per month starting July 2021. Another mandates that ammunition dealers at firearms show and follow the same regulations as licensed firearm dealers. But one law in particular is being hailed as one of the most strict gun seizure laws in the nation. The law will allow co-workers, employees, and teachers. Listen to next hour. The law will allow co-workers, employers, and teachers to seek a red flag firearm restraining order against anyone they believe is a threat to themselves or others that ask a judge to temporarily take away someone's firearms. Previously, only law enforcement or immediate family members could seek such an order. 
Newsom also signed a companion bill that allows the restraining orders to remain in place up to five years. The same bill allows the judge also to issue a search warrant at the same time the restraining order is issued. So in other words, if your teacher, your child's teacher, hears your child doing something or using a finger gun, and they say, do Mm. mom and dad have guns in the house? They can deem that as a danger to the child, and you could lose your guns. There's a story we were talking about uh, on Pat Gray Unleashed. Heard immediately before this program, and if you've missed it, you can download it on a podcast wherever you get yours for free. Always selling something. Uh, always, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jumping right in on the opportunity. <laughs> right, my gosh. It, there was a story today about a 12-year-old girl charged with a felony because she pointed her finger yeah. at four classmates. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. herself. Yeah. And so fortunately, her finger didn't go off because that could have been, <sighs> that could have been <laughs> so tragic. Yeah, so a tragic. double Did she Doppler, have... super Doppler, mega Doppler uh, felony in that case? Is that <laughs> yes. what happens if yes. her finger goes off? Yes. Was her middle finger a high capacity magazine? Yes. Holy it had, cow. It had three clips underneath it. Really? Yeah. Three clips? Clips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not magazines, magazines. But, but three clips. Whatever it is, the thing that you stick in there yeah. and put it we in. We were just talking yeah. about you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, this this law in California mm. is so bad yeah. that the ACLU is opposing this bill. No way. The ACLU is saying, wow. quote, this law poses a significant threat to civil liberties. Because a restraining order can be sought before a gun owner has the opportunity to dispute the request. Additionally, these lo- uh, those making the request under the new law may lack the relationship or skills required to make an appropriate assessment, end quote. You want to talk about your rights going away. Wait until you hear next hour. Coming up in just a second. Thank you, Pat. That's usually followed with, you're welcome, Glenn. You just stink. You're welcome, Glenn. (laughs) Thank you. That was nice. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you been been, uh, thinking about... uh, Hang on just a second. I'm not sure. What am I supposed to be talking about here? Relief Factor. Okay. Let me me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor uh, is a great great product that i use three times a day pam found herself in the uh, position of not being able to sleep very well at night she unless she lays flat on her back i went through this exact thing pam staring up the ceiling she if she was leaning on her side she'd have shooting pain that would start in her shoulders go all the way down to her arm sleeping on her side or her stomach was out and she'd always been a side sleeper this is when she discovered Relief Factor. Skeptical at first, but she had tried another a bunch of other pain relievers before. None of them had helped. She decided to give it a try, and she has her life back. She now sleeps on her side every night. She can because of Relief Factor. It reduces the inflammation, a major source for most pain. And it's nineteen ninety five to try it for three weeks. Just try it. See if it works for you. If it does, you get your life back. It's relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384, or relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
Hey, just want to make mention of something and then move on. This this scene that Donald Trump uh, allowed to be seen around him. Uh, the scene from the Kingsman, if you remember in the first Kingsman, if you saw it, there's a very violent scene in the center where they go into this Westboro Baptist church and some crazy guy, they won't mention this, some crazy guy who's trying, who's all about global warming, has put a chip into people's heads yeah. and can make him make them kill anybody. And so he goes in to this church, they turn on the, the chip and he kills these Westboro Baptist church people. Not specifically that church, but no, it was but that it type was like of that, church, you yeah. know. That's how it was portrayed. Yeah, and so it was. it's a crazy, crazy church and a crazy scene and extraordinarily violent. Well, somebody, in a really cheesy sort of way, this is not a deep fake kind of thing. No, no. They take uh, Donald Trump's face and plaster it over the killer's face, and then they put little signs like CNN and everything else around the people in the church. Okay, so they play it, and they're like, oh, this is so funny. It's a stupid meme, and it's a bad meme. Um, and the media is all up in arms today because how dare them? This is going to cause violence against, uh, the, uh, against the, the media. Really? Really? Because I don't think you had a problem with it when it was just the Christians that were being killed. <laughs> and, and Stu pointed out this morning, well, no, but wait, that, those were Westboro Baptist. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. They were Westboro Baptist style. However. Yeah, this, this is from the Walsh Washington. Just, yeah, go ahead. Matt Walsh who tweeted this. The two ways the Washington Post treated this. Violent, horrific, fake video of Trump massacring media shown at his Miami resort draws backlash. When the movie came out, they said this. One massacre set in a conservative Christian church in the American Deep South is a masterclass in cartoonish fight choreography. Unbelievable. <laughs> From masterclass to amazing. And by the way, you notice they didn't say that it was a it was a crazy church? Yeah, no. they didn't even point it out. It was a conservative church in the South. They had no problem with it then. You have no credibility on the left or the post or anybody else. I'm going to talk about what Barr was just uh, talking about there in just a second. Stand by. Um, how is your monthly budget? If you are sending a lot of your money into credit cards to pay for those credit cards, they have double digit interest rates. It makes no sense other than they can make all of their cash off of you. Get out of those high interest rates if you can. If you own a house, may I recommend that you pay all of that stuff down with a with a refi from American Financing. If I'm correct and things on the horizon begin to break apart, you're going to have a hard time getting a refi loan. You're going to have a hard time getting any kind of loan. And credit is going to be short as well. And those credit card interest payments will just go up. Please uh, call American Financing and do the responsible thing right now. AmericanFinancing.net. Ben Shapiro 
on his show last week responded to Beto saying that you're not going to be able to teach your children anything other than gender fluidity and that it will be basically child abuse if you try and here's what ben shapiro said listen in other words if you're a church you're not infringing on anybody's rights you're just saying you can't come here for your marriage go to the church down the street you're a religious school you're saying listen you want to learn about gay rights go to the public school down the street Okay, you want to learn about gay rights? You can just go to that secular atheistic crossroads school in Santa Monica. Like, enjoy yourself. That's your problem. Go enjoy. Fine. You're not infringing on anybody. Your mere existence is an infringement, according to Beto O'Rourke. The institutional existence is an infringement on liberty, according to Beto O'Rourke. And you must be shut down. You want a culture war in this country? You damn well have it, Beto O'Rourke. You want a culture war in this country? You want this country to come apart at the seams? This is how you do it. Because I promise you, if you come to tell me that you're going to indoctrinate my kids in particular policy and that I can't pull my kid out of the school and send my kids to a school I want to send them to, that I can't go to the church or synagogue that I want to go to. And if you make that national policy, not just California policy where I can move, but national policy, people are not going to stand for that. They're not going to stand for that. And if you send a truant officer to remove my child, I have two choices at that point, right? If I have no place to move because you've now made this national federal policy, I now have two choices. One is to leave the country utterly. Two is to pick up a gun. Those are the only choices that you have left me. And now people on the like, oh, this is ex- how could you say stuff like that? How could you be so extreme? It's not extreme to defend the fundamental rights the Constitution was created in order to protect. These rights pre-exist government. My right to raise my child in my faith is my right. That is a First Amendment right. There's only one reason the government exists, to protect those rights, not invade those rights. It is my right to raise my child with the moral precepts that I find to be beneficial for my child. Well, Beto O'Rourke does not get to raise my child. I, and if he tries, I will meet him at the door with a gun. That is insane. Now everybody was up in arms about that. I agree 100%. I tweeted that right after this came out. And I said, if you want to not be a parent, if you would like to be more of a babysitter, you can go to Canada, you can go to the UK, Russia, China. Boy, China, they'll raise your kids for you. You don't even have to drive them to gym. I mean, they'll they'll become gymnasts. You'll have nothing to do with it. Just have a baby and let them take and run it. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so we have a new stat coming out that nobody is going to be talking about, uh, but crime, violent crime, in fact, murder with a gun is down 9% this year. 9% again this year. Yet nobody's going to be talking about that. Also, uh, a Bureau of Justice study shows that 40% of all guns that were used in crimes were obtained illegally or through a street source. Another 40% were obtained through family and friends. And a recent study in Pennsylvania found that uh, precisely the same thing. 79% of all perpetrators who committed a crime with a firearm didn't own it legally. Gun violence is tragic, but misinformation is just as bad. You cannot bury your head in the sands uh, because... Uh, They're coming for the Second Amendment. They are. Make no mistake. 
When you join the USCCA, you're going to get instant access to industry-leading self-defense education, training, and legal protection. Plus, they're giving law-abiding citizens like you up to 17 guns for free every day this month. Just text Glenn to the number 87222 and claim your free entries to win. You get 17 chances to win, 100% secure, and a confirmation text will be sent. It's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, to the number 87222. Glenn to 87222. For information and rules, go to protectanddefend.com. Standard message and data rates do apply. First, let me... First, let me start here so you know exactly where I'm coming from. My church has made a proclamation called Proclamation of a Family. Now, they didn't do this because they were freaking out about what is happening right now and rushing just to say something so they could keep their bigoted view. No, they made a proclamation to the world. On the family. And they did this in the 1990s. And quite honestly, anybody in the faith went, duh, when it came out. Now it looks a little prophetic. Second paragraph. All human beings, male and female, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son or daughter of heavenly parents. And as such, each has divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual, pre-mortal, mortal, and internal, uh, eternal identity and purpose. So my faith has been teaching forever that gender is not fluid. Gender is not a mistake. You are not a mistake. But now, Beto and the others in the Democratic Party would like to remove that responsibility. And if you think that it's not happening, think again. Now, I tweeted 100% support behind Beto. What is the Second Amendment for, if not to protect the First Amendment? And I said, if you want to be a parent uh, that's more of a babysitter, just go to Canada. Are you a babysitter or are you a parent? As a parent, you get to direct the affairs and decisions of your kids while still respecting their basic human rights as human beings. You help them determine their course in life, what they wear, what they don't, at the beginning, what they eat, when they sleep, the books they read, what games they play, when they get a bike, when they get their first BB gun. It's an awesome and terrifying experience and responsibility every single minute. And if you're a good parent, you worry all the time about that one kid that's going to come in and influence them and steer them in another direction after all of the hard work you've done. And then we pay a university to do it. The responsibility of... Not screwing something up. And I got news for you. We all screw our kids up. We all do. We all make mistakes. What if you let them eat too much candy? What if they sit too close to the TV and get eye cancer? What if letting them play with your Apple Watch results in accidentally sending dozens of pictures of your nose hairs to your PTA president? As far as your kid is concerned, 
you are a bit of a benevolent dictator, at least until they get into their teens and figure out that you're mostly full of crap. You really don't know what you're doing. Those are fun days. As a parent, you and your spouse run the show. When you have a babysitter, they only have a select set of discretionary powers that you delegate to them. They run the set of plays that you select. Feed them this. Put them in bed at nine. Video games only after homework is done. Babysitters, the good ones at least, simply do the list of things that you tell them to do. They don't have any authority to engage in life-altering actions for your kids. They are then there to tend for a very short period of time, tend to your children, but not decide who your kids will be or how they will be raised. School is not a babysitter. School is not a parent. Are we parents anymore? Do we get to decide how and when our child develops? Should they take the Flintstone vitamins or not? Should they get all their vaccinations or not? Are they ready to learn about the birds and the bees or not? Are they mature enough to have a sleepover, to carry a cell phone, to ride bikes across Main Street, to buy a soda at the Dairy Queen? These choices aren't yours anymore. You can't send your kids walking down the street just to go to Dairy Queen. God forbid somebody sees that child and says you're an irresponsible parent. What? They were going to the park to play. I got so much hate mail from people. Oh, really? What rights have I lost by living in Canada? A lot. What rights have I lost living in in Great Britain? A ton. Ask Charlie Gard's parents. The child whom British socialized medicine decided it was too expensive to treat for a severe disorder... And they left him on feeding tubes to die, despite the parents' pleas to remove him from the hospital and take him to another country for attempts at treatment. Despite the court battles and the global press coverage, the death panel, yes, the death panel, decided it would set a bad precedent. And and then all the parents that didn't have the chance and the choice to treat their children, well, they might, they might, uh, there might be an uprising. Even though... Even though the children could be taken outside of the country at zero cost to the, to the government, you can't allow the parents to do that. What about in Canada where it's considered legal child abuse? Not to address your child with their preferred gendered pronoun at any age. Child abuse. That's what it is in Canada now. Child abuse that could result in your child being removed from your home and placed in government-ordered foster care with you in jail as if you had beaten your child with a tire iron. The same goes for teaching your children that homosexual, homosexuality might be a sin in the eyes of God. Also federal offense, punishable by potential jail time, even if your religious beliefs indicate that it's a sin. That's why my people came here to America and not to Canada. We came here because we knew we had certain rights that no one else guaranteed. But our Constitution guarantees our right of freedom of religion. 
How about in the EU where parents can be fined if it's determined that they're not giving Islam fair and equal coverage to Christianity or Judaism in their homeschooling program? No matter your religious traditions, your scriptures, if you teach your kids that Moses was a prophet, but Muhammad was not in in Europe, they can take your child because you're engaging in hate speech. The hate speech of teaching Christian theology is being superior to Muslim theology, not in your own home, not in all of Europe. What rights have I lost? How about this? Are your kids ready to learn about sex? And at what age? Are they, when do they learn where babies come from? And believe me, they start asking way before they're ready to know much detail. Whoever invented the stork story was genius because you, you can delay for a little while. Seriously. Parents. Parents decide that. And even in their own home, each child is different. How and when and, and how you have that discussion and what you say. Or maybe not. Not anymore. That ship has sailed. After all, as parents, we're not really parents anymore. At least in most of the world. Here in America, it's holding on by a thread. And I mean that thread is not good. Maybe we're just all babysitters. Maybe the government will leave us a note on when the children should be in bed. What we should teach. When we should teach. What they can watch, what they can't watch. In 2015, advanced sex education became a required curriculum in Canadian public schools, including primary and secondary school, for kindergarten through 12th grade. Announcing the controversial program, the education minister, named Prue, indicated the program would include what he termed age-appropriate instruction on LGBTQ and gender expression issues, sexual orientation, sexual assault, as well as traditional sex education topics such as preventing STDs. Although Mr. Prue acknowledged some parents and teachers may be opposed to this content, the instruction is necessary, saying, quote, I know it's not an easy subject. I know the questions are sensitive, but we have to respond to a society and a societal issue. The new program was developed in collaboration with sexologists as well as public and private organizations, including Planned Parenthood. When asked if parents who objected to the content would be allowed to opt out of the new sex education program, Mr. Prue indicated such waivers would be allowed only in exceptional cases, such as if a student had been the prior victim of sexual abuse. Other than that, no exemptions would be allowed for moral or religious belief. Canada and all those who tweeted me, what have I lost? You lost it long ago and you probably don't care. Americans, at least some of us, still do. Because we are guaranteed that right. You never had that right. We were guaranteed that right. And Ben Shapiro is right. That is the only reason the Constitution exists, or the government exists. This is the only reason. Governments are instituted among men to protect those rights. But that's not all. It gets worse. (laughs) Not only in Europe, but we'll take a look at what's happening here as well. And continue to ask yourself, are you a parent 
or are you a babysitter? You've known and trusted the name Norton for a long time. They've been the go-to name in Internet security since the Internet was a toddler. And they remain vigilant because the, because of the rise of cybercrime as the Internet takes up more and more of our lives. And their jobs have only gotten harder. This is why you need Norton in your life to protect your information. Norton Secure VPN. It's an easy-to-use virtual private network that uses bank-grade encryption to hide your online activity. Norton Secure VPN creates a secure tunnel for the information that you send and receive online so cybercriminals can't see it while you're connected to Wi-Fi. It also blocks companies that want to track your browsing activities. Norton Secure VPN. It's seamless. All you do is install, log it once, and let it run in the background. Keep the prying eyes away from your information by securing your Wi-Fi connections. Get a Norton Secure VPN and browse privately. Secure your connections today. Just head to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at $333 a month for the first year with annual enrollment. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Norton.com slash VPN. Terms and conditions do apply. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. During the four years this program was in place in Canada, let me give you some of the lessons that were taught. In Quebec, children as young as 10 were taught that a person's gender does not correspond to their sex at birth. In Montreal, kindergartners age six were split into small groups and given dolls to enable them to play house, including same-sex parents, gender-neutral couples, where parents didn't identify as mom and dad, but rather parent one and parent two. 12 to 13-year-old students were given a writing exercise based on this question, how would thinking about your personal limits and making a personal plan influence decisions you may choose to make about your sexual activity? The age of consent, by the way, in Canada is 18, so sex at age 13 would be statutory rape in Canada, but it doesn't stop them from teaching that you're still going to have it. In a guest lecture provided by a nurse from Planned Parenthood, one lesson taught to 8th graders ways to risk the pregnancy Suggestions including condoms, masturbation, same-sex partners, and anal intercourse abstinence was not one of the suggestions. Quoting from the Canadian sex education curriculum, children are expected to demonstrate an understanding of gender identity, male, female, two-spirited, transgender, transsexual, intersex, gender expression, sexual orientation, gay, heterosexual, lesbian, bisexual, and identify factors that can help individuals of all identities and orientations to develop self-positive concepts. Of page 240 sex ed curriculum, two words that appear zero times, zero times, love and marriage. In 2015, Ben Levin pleaded guilty to multiple counts of child exploitation, production, and possession of child pornography and pedophilia. By the way, uh, Mr. Levin's name is not on the list of authors, but he was one of the authors of the Canadian Sex Education Manual. 
Canada's not unique. BBC article from 2017, citing the alleged success of the Canadian sex education program. They're rolling it out now in UK. In the UK, the program is called Sexual Relationships Education. Focus on teaching children as young as 12 the importance of developing a proper, healthy sexual identity and relationship. The mandatory program includes instruction for students to learn and understand about their own bodies, including what feels good and what does not. Quoting from the study guide, thinking about your sexual health is complicated. It's also about your sexual orientation and gender identity. The understanding of your own body include what gives you pleasure and the emotional implications of sex intimacy and sexual relationships. By the way, as of 2018, the state of California has made this sexual education mandatory with no opt-out provisions massachusetts has this on the ballot but wait there's more what rights am i losing as a parent oh you're about to lose almost all of them almost all of them choose wisely america back in a minute So, you know, identity theft can take place in a lot of ways other than just credit card fraud, right? When you hear the words identity theft, our credit cards are usually what we reach to pat and make sure that they're still there. Identity theft, it spans an increasing wide range of ways that cyber criminals can separate you from your money. This is where LifeLock can help you. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. For instance, if somebody obtained your social security number, they were trying to sell it on the dark web. Happens more often than you think. LifeLock will detect it, and they have a U.S.-based team of re- restoration specialists, and they'll alert you to the problem. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock sees the threats that you probably will miss on your own. And if you act now, you'll get 10% off your first year with promo code BACK. So call 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or visit lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK and you'll save 10% off your first year. Do it now. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com promo code BECK. Do you care about your rights being violated? What a coincidence. So do we. Join blazetv.com and be part of a movement. Get 10 bucks off with the promo code Glen. Beto uh, has uh, said in the last few days that um, if you if your church, if your school is not teaching, you know, gender fluidity and everything else uh, that you'll be forced to uh, because the laws are changing. Well, no, you're not going to force me because this is a for me. This is a religious doctrine. My doctrine of my church is that, and this wasn't just made up, this is 30 years ago, that gender is uh, part of your identity, of your soul. There are no mistakes, and that male and female are specific, and they are assigned. You don't have to believe this. 
but this is what I believe. They are assigned when your spirit is created. And there is no mix-up on that. Now, again, you don't have to believe that. But I have a right to say it, I have a right to believe it, and I have a right to live it in public. Now, I don't have a right to hate people that are different. Well, I, actually, I do. You do have a right to be an idiot. You can hate whoever you want. But that would be idiotic. It doesn't mean that I hate anybody. And I certainly am not teaching my children that there should be, you know, violence or there are half people or anything like that. I don't even know who would do that. Well, except for people who believe we came from monkeys because there's got to be some half people around here, half monkey, half people. After all, it, it was the survival of the fit species. I'm not sure which ones are fit or not. If you think that this isn't an issue, Ben Shapiro was used uh, this weekend as a guy who said, I'll defend my right and my synagogue's right to teach whatever it is they teach. And if you come to my house to take my children away because I believe in these things, well, you'll meet me at the door with a gun because I have a right. And the left immediately freaked out. See, look at a gun crazy. This would be a red flag law if they have their way. Ben Shapiro would have his rights taken from him. But that is exactly what the First Amendment is for, to defend the First Amendment. When the government makes the sexual activization and grooming of a 12-year-old child as state policy, using the threat of fines or jail time for parents who may not choose to have their children instructed how to develop sexual relationships, your right as a parent are gone. When a state is teaching five- and six-year-olds how to identify and spell vagina, vulva, anus, penis, instead of cat, dog, mom, and dad, your rights as a parent are gone. When the state is requiring first-grade teachers to read My Princess Boy, that reads, Dyson loves pink, sparkly things. Sometimes he wears dresses. Sometimes he wears jeans. He likes to wear his, his princess tiara even when climbing trees. He's a princess boy. Then that is when that is required for seven and eight-year-olds to be, to be read, but Huck Finn, Catcher in the Rye, and the Jungle Book are all banned, your rights as a parent are gone. Schools in Canada and the U.K. and increasingly so here in America have become nothing more than sexual training centers, grooming children as young as five and six years old for sexually active lives, gender fluidity, and bisexuality. In the name of remaking the world into a politically correct safe space for every possible gender identity, every sexual behavior and procl proclivity, they have made it the government's business to hypersexualize our children, normalizing ultra rare behaviors such as gender dysphoria. And they are teaching our young children how to develop a plan around sexual activity and figuring out what could possibly be different and sexually pleasurable. These lessons happen when the kids are preteens. Well, children are going to become sexually active anyway. Yeah, it's a societal problem we have to deal with. You're damn right. It is 100% a societal problem. 
That's why I don't want society fixing it. We have a problem in our society when we believe that by law, 10 and 12-year-old kids need to learn about anal intercourse as a way to not get pregnant, but not abstinence. It is a societal problem. The problem is that our kids are more likely to be exposed to pornography than the last generation. They're more likely to be, be bullied if they're gay. We have solution for those kinds of problems. And parents have to do their job in the solution. The same as it's always been. The problem is we have somehow come to believe that the only way to solve any perceived ill in the world is for government to act. That is against the Constitution. I have rights as a parent. Now, could churches and and religions help provide a framework for understanding relationships, self-worth, sexuality, and love? No! That ghost in the sky, he's not real. Could parents determine the right way and the wrong way to discuss sexual feelings and urges with their kids? No! Parents might make their kids feel uncomfortable. Only in the scientifically based classroom setting can children freely discover and express their sexuality. If in your state, your province, your country, your local school district, you don't have a choice about sending your kids into a classroom where teachers are required to teach this kind of content, don't even pretend you have any rights left as a parent. Are you delusional? Have you fallen that far that we we all somehow believe that somehow our duty as a citizen is to let our children be psychologically and philosophically molded by some government stooge into sexually active gender and sex orientation fluid agents of change? There are children. These are the people we've been working so hard to keep them away from their whole life. And now they're in a position of authority? I don't know about you, but as for Mr. Shapiro, I'm with you, Ben. I'm with you. Beto, don't show up at my door demanding my kids learn about developing a sexual plan at the age of 12. Because if you do, we're going to have a serious disagreement. And you also have a serious disagreement with me and many of my neighbors about the Second Amendment as well. The Second Amendment is not there for hunting. It's not there for sport. It is there to keep tyranny at bay. It is there for the citizens so they have a way to rise up against an out-of-control government that wants nothing more than tyranny. They want the guns because they that way can control the populace. I think it was said best by Charlton Heston, Out of my cold, dead hands. It is never outrageous or radical to defend the Bill of Rights. Don't be a babysitter. You are a parent. Do your job and do not surrender this ground. Beto, stay out of my house. Stay out of my home school. Stay out of my kids' lives. You're not welcome there. I'm a parent. That's my job. 
That's my wife's job. And we may hire the occasional babysitter, but believe me, I would never hire some creep out of Washington to watch my kids. We're parents. No, no others need apply. Been talking to you a lot about Simply Safe, their home monitoring system, and how you can increase your peace of mind throughout the day by having it installed in your home. Now, there's a lot of places that you might want to protect. Maybe you have a kid who's going to college right now, living in a dorm room. I, I, I think we can remember what college was like when we were kids, and um, it's not like that anymore. The uh, semester is drawing slowly to a close. The holidays are right around the corner. Why not give your college kid the gift of Simply Safe, the gift of peace of mind? Simply Safe state-of-the-art monitoring makes it really easy. No contract, no hidden fees, fine print. You own the system, and the coverage starts at $15 a month, and that's it. Simply Safe, huge deal going on right now. SimplySafeBeck.com. Get a free HD security camera when you order a hundred dollar value, and you'll have eyes on your home twenty four seven and video evidence if someone tries to get in. Get your free HD security camera now at SimplySafeBeck.com. That's SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I want to talk to you about the two million burglaries that are reported every year. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have security. I mean, burglaries are happening all the time. And I think the reason why people don't have a security system in their home is because the security companies suck. They got all kinds. You, you've got people coming into your house. They're going to drill holes in your wall. Hello, Mr. 1972. That's why Simply Safe is just tearing this business apart. It is growing so incredibly fast, and it is the best in industry. There's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print, no drilling holes or stringing wires. Around the clock monitoring is $15 a month, and you can cancel any time. When other home security systems are triggered, police assume it's a false alarm and it goes to the bottom of the list. But with using Simply Safe and their video verification technology, they can visually confirm that the break-in is happening and that gets the police there from 45 minutes instead to 7 minutes. Simply Safe. They have a huge deal going on right now at simplysafe.com/glen. You'll get a free HD security camera when you order. It's a $100 value and you'll get the 24/7 monitoring and video evidence if somebody's trying to get into your house. So get your free HD security camera at simplysafe.com/glen. That's simplysafe.com/glen. What's really incredible to me is that people say, oh, you're just denying science. You're just just a Bible thumper. Well, I have a right to thump the Bible. I have a right to believe in the Bible. I have a right to my, my faith and my religion, and I have a right to practice it openly. That's what this country was founded on. So, yeah, you could say that about me, but I, I actually care about the facts, and the facts are, when it comes to transgender, 
85% of those who have gender dysphoria grow out of it. 85%. Now, they generally become lesbian, bisexual, or uh, gay. But you're turning, you're targeting those kids and turning them into a T when they might be an L or a G or a B. Why does nobody care about this? It seems like something they would normally oppose, right? Like you're targeting some young kid who's an LG and B and trying to change them. And when the overwhelming evidence shows that they don't want to change. Or when, when they don't change, they wind up being happy that they didn't change later in life. If it's 85%. And what is the number of those who do change that want to change back? That's interesting. I don't, I don't have that set in front the of me. The suicide um, rate goes up yeah. after the change. I mean, it's a major change, you know, it's a major change. And we're, you know, locking something like that in when a child, as we saw the other day, <sighs> is, you know, likely, you know, really interested in, you know, going to Disneyland. And, you know, my kid is eight. Uh, my son is eight. And, you know, the kids that were on the CNN show the other day were nine. Like, my son is not prepared to make a lifelong decision that would change his gender. If they are, why can't we? Why can't eight-year-old, nine-year-olds get um, get married? Yeah, because we all know that's ridiculous. Right, you don't make that decision at eight and nine years old. Yeah, that's why we have all sorts of laws that restrict people who are eight and nine from making lifelong decisions. Right. I mean, and marriage is at least reversible. Right. Even having sex <laughs> with somebody that yeah. they're nine years old, they want to have sex. No, it's against the law. Why? It was only sex once. You're going to allow them to change their gender for life? Right. And of course, the, I mean, obvious from aside from the obvious, one of the arguments against letting kids make those decisions would be they would be scarred for life. They're in, in this intense, you know, some sort of adult experience at eight or nine years old. Well, you don't think that that's true with changing your gender? Mm-hmm. Again, like these things can all happen when kids become ad- adults. That 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 eventually occurs. The aging thing happens. You know, I, a lot of you know, I see this all the time. You know, I'm I'm relatively restrictive with what what I wa- allow my kids to watch on TV, and I even see it compared to other uh, parents that I, we're friends with that are generally have the same profile as as us. You know, that are uh, you know generally conservative and maybe religious, and and I always think to myself, look, there is plenty of time for my kid to enjoy terrifying movies. There's plenty of time for my kid to enjoy an appetite for violent video games. He can do all that later on in life. Mm. All that can all happen. And you know what? As a, as a boy, uh, probably is going to happen at some point. He's mm. probably going to love that stuff. I know a lot of it I like, mm-hmm. right? But like, there's no reason to introduce it to them early. And I think that's the, that's the situation here. There is plenty of time for an adult to decide, you know what? I'm making a logical decision based on whatever I think is going on in my life. That I'm gonna wind up. I'm gonna decide to be a girl. Like that's a decision. If you're gonna make it, you need to make it with enough life experience to at least be responsible for your own actions. And as we all know, if you leave your eight or nine year old responsible for their own actions, you will get arrested. You will go to prison. If we we are seeing this all over the country, where if you let your eight or nine year old go play at the playground by themselves, the police come to your house. Playing for an afternoon by themselves gets a visit from the police. But if you allow them to change their uh, gender or you don't want them Mm -hmm. to make that choice, the police will come to your house. 
I mean, that's way, insanity. Just, let me let me play the uh, Bill Barr. He spoke about this uh, this weekend. Listen. Among the militant secularists are many so-called progressives. But where is the progress? We are told we are living in a post-Christian era. But what has replaced the Judeo-Christian moral system? Hmm. What is it that can fill the spiritual void in the hearts of the individual person? And what is the system of values that can sustain human social life? The fact is that no secular creed has emerged capable of performing the role of religion. This is not decay. This is organized destruction. Secularists and their allies have marshaled all the forces of mass communication, popular culture, the entertainment industry, and academia in an unremitting assault on religion and traditional values. Let me switch subjects, um, and it's still on self-reliance. One of the things that Mercury One did when we first started it was to empower people at the local level. We still, when we raise money, we don't go out there and do it. We found the local churches, the local institutions that are the, the best at delivering aid to people. Uh, we did this with the Nazarene Fund, and boy, could we use your help. Um, we ask that you would um, you would consider coming to our big gala because this is what pays all the overhead. And we have lots of great people going to be there. Chuck Norris is going to be there again this year. Tim Ballard, uh, Ballard uh, I will be there. Uh, all of the staff from The Blaze will be there. MercuryOne.org, M1 Bala, uh, uh, M1 Ball. It happens October 26th. That's a week from this coming Saturday. Please join us. MercuryOne.org, M1 Ball. Last hour, we talked about the religious underpinnings of being a parent and having the right to teach your kids about things. Next hour, this coming hour, is the scientific approach. And it says the same thing. What a surprise. We'll give that coming up in a second. I want to talk to you about relief factor. Um, altitude really affects me a great deal. If I fly, if I'm up in the mountains or anything, I'm, I'm, I really, really struggle. And that was the case about two years ago. We were going to the, to the ranch, which is up in the mountains, and I was really not wanting to go because I, I was like, honey, I can't do this anymore. Well, she forced me to start taking Relief Factor because I'm stubborn, and I did, and it's changed my life. It's 100% drug-free, created by doctors, three-week quick start, $19.95, dollar a day. It's a trial pack. 70% of the people who order it go on to order more month after month because it works. Join me and get your life back. Three-week quick start for only $19.95. It's relieffactor.com. The number on the screen, relieffactor.com. So, are we doing more damage to people than helping? I mean, we are just launching in and changing absolutely everything in our society. 
And what a conservative is supposed to do is look at all the things that have happened in the past and say, okay, this one's good, this one's bad. You know, this one we may not know about. We should hold on until we do. That's what a conservative does. It's a balance to a a liberal that says, hey, let's just change everything. And in that balance, you, you, you find magic happens. When one is out of whack, disaster happens. You either don't change and you should, or you change everything and you collapse. We're going to talk about the science that everybody seems to be ignoring in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, we're a free country, uh, at least until Beto gets in, which I think will be a long time. Uh, But when it comes to your sleep quality, you can do whatever you please. If you want to continue, you know, uh, taking down your bowling ball bag every, every night with a 12-pound bowling ball in it and sleep on it and be my guest. But I think you'd be a lot happier with my pillow. My pillow uh, is not like a bag of rocks or not like this just flat piece of cardboard that so many of us are sleeping on. My pillow is perfect for you and you fluff it literally once a night. You put your fist through both sides of it and all of a sudden it's perfect. It doesn't get hot, it doesn't squish down. It's my pillow. Right now, you can get uh, all of the specials, then lots of specials. They have great sheets and everything else. You can find them at uh, the new radio listener specials tab when you go to mypillow.com. Click on that at mypillow.com, enter the promo code Beck, and you can buy one pillow and get the next one free. Enter the promo code Beck or call 800 966 3117 for the great radio specials. It is 800 966 3117 or just go to mypillow.com and enter the promo code back to get these specials if you haven't read quillette yet you need to quillette is a, a place for thinking people if you if you don't mind if you think getting uh, angry at somebody else's opinion is the way to go, don't read Quillette. If you like intellectual stimulation that makes you stretch and think, read Quillette, Quillette.com. Um, Colin Wright has just written an article for Quillette. No one is born in the wrong body. He's an evolutionary biologist. Uh, and I'm not sure I understand all of uh, all of his uh, uh, his charts and everything else here, but I think I do, and I thought you should hear it too. Colin Wright, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. So tell me your tell me your point, which is heresy today. Yeah, so I think before we get into sort of what the you know the article is about, it's important to really briefly talk about what it's really not about, because many have kind of uh, have and continue to paint this as sort of like this anti-trans or transphobic article where we suggest that trans people don't really exist. Uh, so this isn't, isn't what we're saying at all. We acknowledge gender dysphoria is very real, often debilitating psychological condition. Uh, in serious cases, maybe transitioning one's body to appear as the opposite sex uh, you know, could pr- probably reduce these symptoms. We, we don't deny any of that. Uh, what we are concerned with, however, though, is that vulnerable children who may be displaying um, sort of sex atypical mannerisms or personalities, so maybe tomboyish females, effeminate males, they're being told that um, 
that they maybe have been born in the wrong body or are trans, whereas in reality, these cross-sex stereotypical behaviors is completely normal and is far and away more predictive of later homosexuality than being trans. So I guess what we're saying is that we worry that our society is sort of pathologizing gender atypical behavior, which is contributing to this dramatic rise in adolescent gender dysphoria that we're seeing. So there's a couple of things that come to mind on this. And 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 this is the point of when I uh, was introducing you on, uh, are we, are, you know, we're just accepting these things and just throwing them in. And are we doing more harm? Um, the way gender dysphoria is being taught and and so widely embraced you i agree with you i mean there's all kinds of things that happen with our children but studies show that what is it 80 or 85 percent of those who are, are probably now being told are have gender dysphoria they grow out of it and either become straight gay lesbian bisexual but not transgender so aren't we actually targeting the lg and and bs and and leading them into saying, no, you are definitely a T. Isn't that wrong? Yeah, I think it's been sort of described as a sort of sort of new conversion therapy, whereas, right. whereas in the past, you know, we've, we've been against conversion therapy, trying to tell, you know, homosexual youth or even adults that uh, try to convince them out of their, of their same-sex attraction. And now what we appear to be doing is we're conflating gender atypical behavior with being born um, potentially in the wrong body. And so instead of just allowing these youths to grow up into um, what is most likely going to be a homosexual adult, we're essentially now doing a new form of conversion therapy where we're saying, no, actually you have these sex atypical, you know, stereotyped behaviors. Um, you're maybe more likely to be born in the wrong body. So we're, we're converting them, homosexuals, to trans identities uh, instead of out of their uh, homosexual behavior in, 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 um, as, as we've done in the past. So what's driving this, Colin? You know, that's hard to say. There's, there's been an uptick in sort of gender identity replacing our discussions about biological sex uh, almost across the board. So I've, I've just been noticing this just in the last maybe five years, but just in the last two maybe even uh, even more prevalent, where I, I see individuals, these are academics, these are um, people who have PhDs or are in grad school, and they're sort of, I guess, having this narrative that biological sex is sort of a spectrum or it's a social construct, and that we just need to listen to people, what they say about what their biological sex actually is. You know, we see this ideology of um, people not not being you know, having their sex described at birth, but they're having their sex assigned at birth. Uh, and sort of this conflation just with, with sex atypical behaviors with biological sex itself, whereas in reality, over 99.98% of all individuals are going to fall unambiguously into one or the other sexes. Um, but this gender sort of ideology, which has many different definitions, sometimes many conflicting, and there's many times the definitions are quite circular, seems to be taking precedence and we're not really our society is not really prepared for what what will actually what this actually means if we were to replace say biological sex with this um, subjective identity in law we're seeing this in sports we're seeing this in um, the prison system we're seeing this in who's admitted to a certain uh, rape shelters for instance so the 
the consequences are, are quite dramatic, and we don't seem to be really appreciating that, or at least half of society does not seem to be appreciating. Yeah, I was going to say, there's lots of us that appreciate that and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and are saying, wait, wait, wait. I mean, you're, and, and, and what I fear, honestly, Colin, is a, is a, a backlash um, because it's starting to affect average people who don't have any hatred or anything else. But, you know, I've got a daughter and she's in volleyball and a guy, you know, comes in volleyball. He's just he's built differently. And, you know, or if if she's a, you know, a runner in long distance uh, running or whatever. And some guy says, I identify as a female. Well, now he can run on the team and you're just you're hurting women. You're hurting women. Yeah, we're seeing this conflation. So I've, I've usually called it the, the univariate fallacy, and it's basically people will point at any single trait uh, that exists between males and females, and they'll show that, like, oh, look, there's, there's so much overlap in these traits that, you know, we can't say that any one trait is specifically male or female. So we have, you know, males are on average taller than females, um, and but then people will say, you know, well, I know some woman who's, a lot taller than most sure. males that I know, and so this is evidence that there's no real sex differences. Um, but the thing is that these these small differences, these small average differences in many different traits, these often stack up as well. So if you look at sort of a multivariate approach to males and females, we see that males are by and large quite different than females, especially in the realm of athletics. Uh, so we com- you commonly hear people say that you know males and females come in all shapes and sizes or something like that, and that you know we shouldn't. Uh, prohibit any male from competing against females because, you know, well, here's, a, here's an example of a really tall female. Um, and that's just, frankly, quite absurd because, you know, even though females come in, quote-unquote, all shapes and sizes, it's, it's no random chance that no female has come in the size and shape that's been able to compete in sort of the NBA or the NFL. And these are leagues that don't actually bar female athletes from competing. It's just that no individual has ever, no female has ever been able to compete in these leagues. Uh, one quick thing to point out, too, is that these small differences in just the average traits, say a height or strength, uh, even though there might be substantial overlap among the general population, when we're talking about things like sports, we're talking about the extreme, the elite of the elite. And when you look at the tail ends of these distributions uh, in, you know, of the elite of the elite, we see that these are way more dominated by males, like proportion-wise. So we can't look at our everyday experience, kind of use this as a, as a metric for how the extremes are going to behave. Dr. Colin Wright, he's the evo- an evolutionary biologist at Penn State. His uh, piece in Quillette is, no one is born in the wrong body. Uh, Colin, I'm curious to your thoughts on be- being in this community, because we hear a lot of the experts who would disagree with you who would say the exact opposite of everything that you've said so far is, you know, when it comes to summarizing these things, would you say that it is more of a political uh, opposition to what you're saying, or is it a scientific one? Is there a large scientific community that actually does not see these things that I think the average person sees as basic human facts of existence? Yeah. So I, I do see it as being driven largely by Politics, at least that's influencing um, their conclusions. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that this is done intentionally. I don't think these people are being dishonest, but I think they may be more difficult for them to really spot the fallacies in their own arguments that they're making, such as when I referenced before 
um, you know, sometimes people will look at a, a univariate metric of differences between the sexes, and that fails to take into account the multiple ways that males and females differ. Um, I've, I've tried to point this out on, you know, threads on Twitter and articles that I'm writing, but um, I haven't seen this actually refuted in any coherent way. Um, and the, the fallacies pretty much just stand for themselves, and even if we criticize them, they, they tend not to go away. And the main method they seem to be using to sort of silence voices like mine and others doesn't seem to be actually engaging with, with our ideas and the content of what we're saying, but it usually is um, sort of just the, you know, you're a bigot, you're a transphobe, oh, look, you're publishing in Colette, this is a yeah. mag magazine that's known to publish, you know, race science or, you know, whatever they uh. want to accuse, just sort of a guilt by association, they'll point to some some problematic figure that might agree with you and they'll say like, oh, you also agree with this one person who's, you know, a, a bad individual, so you, therefore you are bad too. So yeah. uh, it's l largely the silencing tactics that are being used, which is really uh, quite aggravating. So does this make, Colin, your world, I assume you always, you grew up always wanting to be a scientist. Um, does this make, is science in a, a golden era or a... Uh, or a, a, you know, not dark ages, but headed towards a seeming dark age where if you're, if you don't agree, you're a heretic. Yeah, so it's, I'd hate to sort of lump all of science into this. So there's certain fields that are more plagued by this sort of ideology than others. So I wouldn't, I don't think particle physics is particularly influenced sure. by, by sure. gender. But in, but, but in your, as a biologist, as an evolutionary biologist, yeah, so I, I definitely see it among grad students and even faculty. And before, because I published another Quillette piece before called The New Evolution Deniers, where I mentioned similar types of things. And I sent this to mentors of mine, people that I, that I knew sort of agreed with me um, in my professional circle. And the consensus from basically everyone I sent this to was that uh, you're absolutely correct, but you cannot say this. This could be... Uh, just career suicide. You know, I'm, I'm a postdoc right now, so I don't actually have a faculty job. I'm, I'm applying to faculty jobs, but they mm -hmm. were told that this could be just suicide for my career. And I've spent over a decade of going to school and five years in grad school to get my PhD. And, you know, this could just be made, you know, nullified overnight if the mob would decide to just, you know, write one big hit article where if someone Googles Colin Wright, this, you know, they just see transphobe, bigot, you know, what, what have you. Um, so there, it is definitely an issue within my field. It gets worse, I think, when you go to the, the psychological uh, sciences, um, worse when you go to sociology, worse when you go down to women's studies, et cetera, et cetera. But these, these other fields are definitely um, influencing uh, my field, too. And there's, there seems to be a sort of, a, sort of a, almost an Orwellian thing going on where if we criticize social justice, you know, social justice in their minds, they, a lot of people sort of uh, equate that with just civil rights. So if you say, I'm against this social justice ideology, they are here like, oh, you're against civil rights. And so you really can't win. It's almost, you know, you think, I disagree with the, uh, you know, the uh, Department of Truth. It's like, well, you disagree with truth. So there's sort of this language game going on where it's hard to actually engage with the ideas without immediately being just painted as a as a bigot in any way they want to, so they can dismiss you. Um, quickly, because I've only got a few seconds, but what made you decide just to do it anyway? Um, mainly because I've always been interested in sort of the larger um, sort of meta-narrative around science and defending science. I used to defend evolution from the young earth creationists mm -hmm. back in the mid to late 2000s. Mm -hmm. 
and I just realized how much I kept sort of self-censoring as I went through graduate school and, uh, and, and after. And I got to a point where I realized that I just, I'd much rather live a life where I can speak my mm-hmm. mind freely than uh, sort of lived sort of this zipper-lipped life as an academic uh, and, and just go this one around where I can just study my, my ants and wasps and my, my narrow field, but have to remain silent on everything else. So that wasn't a, that wasn't something I was willing to sacrifice, I suppose. Good for you. Good for you. Colin Wright, evolutionary biologist. Uh, the Quillette, Quillette piece is called No One is Born in the Wrong Body. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at swipe right, spelled with a W. Thank you so much, Colin. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. A solid Twitter name right there. Yeah, it is. That is a solid yeah, one. It is. Mm-hmm. I have a totally different uh, look on uh, the Monday thing. I know most people say thank God for Mondays. Uh, I don't. Um, after a long weekend of being home, uh, Wait, who says thank God for Mondays? Oh, did, that's not the way. So it I'm not a no. It's T, not TGIM. Oh, really? Because I always thought it was <laughs> <laughs> the uh, dynamic variable lumbar support makes uh, Mondays really great. You can sit in your chair and you are wildly comfortable. And if no one's looking, you can fall asleep in it. Uh, it is. Um, it is an X chair, and you can get the X chair now. One hundred dollars off, plus uh, you can get it financed for twenty nine dollars a month with zero percent financing for eighteen months. And they have it for all prices and all shapes and sizes, and it is really, really comfortable. X chair on sale now for a hundred dollars off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Call. 1-844-4-X-CHAIR or go to xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK and you're going to receive a free set of the new X wheels with your chair. It's xchairbeck.com, promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds. All right. I'm, I'm fascinated by that study that he mentions in the article, uh, Colin Wright, uh, that 85.2%, 85.2% of younger people who have childhood, childhood onset gender dysphoria, basically thinking you're the wrong gender when you're a kid, 85.2% said uh, that they wound up remitting after uh, puberty. So later on in life, they figure, they find, ah, yeah, that I'm actually fine in my own body. 85%, the majority of them, as you pointed out, wind up being LGBs. So we, we transfer the LGBs into Ts, and the conversion therapy point is a great That's one. Great. I mean, because now the thing that they oppose to the extent that they want to make it illegal, which you may or may not agree with, with uh, the idea of conversion therapy, but essentially it boils down to free speech. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you should mm-hmm. be able to tell somebody that, hey, I think you shouldn't be gay if you want to be that person. I, I mean, that person might not be popular at parties, but that person has a right to say whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And the idea that 85 percent, you know, it's like this is not something I've seen any material disagreement with, which is why I asked him that question uh, about whether it's just political or sci- scientific. It does not seem to be that there's much of a scientific stand-up against this study and this general idea that most people who think that they're a boy when they're a girl at a young age wind up figuring out later on, ah, eh, no, I was wrong on that one. Well, they, they said that it was uh, 0.5% of the population was T. And now uh, kids are at 2%. 
So it was 0.5%. Now kids are at 2%. And they're wondering, you know, A, first of all, autism uh, plays a role in misdiagnosis. Uh, If there's any kind of, if you're on the spectrum at all, there could be real misdiagnosis of Mm. this. Um, And and what what happened? Is it just because an eight-year-old decided that they wanted to be a girl? I mean, are there really that many? Really? Well, I mean, eight-year-olds think all sorts of different things. I know they do. I, you know, I've got one, and he's awesome. But, you know, they I, I, he's never, he does not think he's a girl. But uh, everyone thinks different things. Yeah, you know, you I mean, know this, is when you're, this is when you're young. You, you come up with ideas that maybe you don't stick by your entire life. Perhaps you've also, in your life, in your life experience, have had different thoughts from when you were eight as you grew older. Hmm. Perhaps that's something that you've also experienced. Hmm. I mean, are these, are no. these tough questions? Apparently in this society, yes. I guess so. By the way, I'm going to be a teacher in your kid's school just to screw your kid up. Oh, good. I'm going to tell him he's a hippopotamus. (laughs) I'm moving. Did I tell you that? (laughs) This is the Glenn Beck Program. So here's here's something really fascinating. A uh, Dutch central bank, the central bank, Dutch central bank, mentioned that gold reserves... Uh, could be used now to start from scratch in case of a global economic collapse. I read that this weekend. Wait, a central bank is talking about total collapse and that we may have to go back to the gold standard? Who would have thunk that? That's a crazy conspiracy theorist that's running that central bank right there, I'll tell you. When the banks are coming out and going, yeah, this next collapse might be the big one. We should maybe think about gold. You might want to think about gold. Again, that's the Dutch Central Bank. Look it up for yourself. Do your own homework. But may I suggest you also do your own homework on actually getting some physical gold. And if you say you can't afford it, yes, you can. For $100 a month, you can invest in gold or silver. And you can get a free half-ounce silver coin added to your first delivery just by calling and asking about their accumulation special. Call them right now. They're waiting. 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. You can subscribe to BlazeTV.com. Watch the Glenn Beck program every single night. Uh, go to uh, BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code Glenn and get 10 bucks off. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. I'm so glad that you have uh, joined us today. We, um, we want to talk to you a little bit about um, what happened with Joe Biden over the weekend. Mm. Uh, looks, like, looks like his son, Hunter, has come out and, and said, Hey, uh, you know what? Um, maybe, um, uh, maybe I shouldn't be in China. <laughs> I mean, if my dad wins. If my dad loses, I'm definitely going to be in China making all kinds of money. No, you're not, because they're going to fire you. Well, he did step down from this board, right? Yes. Um, So that's a big deal. And uh, now there's a big exclusive interview coming, I believe, tomorrow Mm -hmm. with Hunter Biden (gasps) on talking about all of his stuff. Mm. You wonder kind of this is an amazing thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly the you'd think the Biden campaign would not want to deal with this, but I think they might just want to get out in front of it, too. Especially especially the day of the 
um, debate. I mean, oh, which think I about how a bad interview could go for Joe Biden. Which I don't understand here, Glenn. You have an opportunity, you think, to get your stars, the stars of your party, the Democratic presidential candidates up in front of people to have a, a nuanced and detailed discussion about the facts and matters of the day. And you have an opportunity because people are used to it already with 12 candidates qualifying. You could have two six-person debates where each person would have time to actually discuss these things and not give soundbite answers. They always complain about that. Oh, you want us to give soundbite answers all the time. And instead of that, the Democrats opt for one night with 12 people on Mm -hmm. stage. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to get even less time to actually talk. I mean, these guys are going to have five or six minutes each to discuss all of these issues. Right. Why would you do something like that? Well, would because nobody would really have time to really have to explain, oh, I don't know, uh, Hunter Biden yeah. or uh, the scandal or gun control or abortion rights mm-hmm. or anything else that they know is really unpopular with yeah. the American people. I know. You know, we give the media a hard time and rightfully so. However, they are doing... The bidding of the Republican Party on a daily basis. This CNN LGBT equality forum thing they did gave Democrat or Republicans commercials till the end of time mm-hmm. on every one of those candidates. I mean, uh, the what the uh, Times did with asking all 19 candidates, do you support these specific gun control proposals? And when you find out that all of them support massive quantities of these proposals and some of them things that they used to mock the nra for being alarmist for even doing for even proposing oh they're not going to come for your guns they don't want a national gun registry that's ridiculous now it looks like almost half of the candidates do yeah i know and they even the new york times is like wow this has come a long way pretty fast yeah just a few years ago they were against it yeah. now they're for it yeah, I yeah. know. It's weird, isn't it? It's like they took their masks off. 30% of Democrats, in elected Democrats, voted against bringing back the assault weapons ban only a couple of years ago. Now every single candidate supports it. In fact, if you're not for it, the New York Times says you probably can't be... Yeah, it's a baseline. Yeah, you, you, you have can't to. be a Democrat. I mean, every single one does. You know, of course, I don't think it's constitutional, and uh, I don't think it was constitutional when it was implemented, but I don't really don't think it was now after the Heller decision, which is something that they never talk about, because the, remember, when this thing Why was- Why do you it, keep talking about the Constitution? I mean, there are things we have to do, okay? There are just things we have to do. That's not how our system works, uh, unfortunately. Seemingly, it does now. Yeah, well, that's true. It's that, not and that's another right. reason why you, you only have a minute apiece. You can't get a follow-up question like, how do you want to do this legally? How are you going to do this yeah. legally? And they don't, it's just like the thing with um, Biden, or excuse me, Beto, when he said, uh, you know, uh, do we want to restrict uh, churches with their tax-exempt status if they do, uh, just oppose same-sex marriage? Not even activists on it, but they just don't think it's a good idea. Should we get rid of their tax-exempt status? And he said, yeah. And it's easy to say that in a forum like that because you say yes and the crowd cheers and you say a couple of lines of platitude and move on. When you have other candidates, if you had a wide spectrum... You'd have other candidates pushing back, but no one seems to do it. No one's really hitting Biden on his son, Hunter, right? And this is going to be interesting to see tonight on TV, if I may give a quick plug. You are coming up with some of the questions you want to ask Hunter Biden in this interview. Yeah, but I don't think any of them. Oh, just it's kind of like, um, it's like a lottery ticket. Right. 
Okay. We don't think our numbers are going to be called. No. But these are the questions that I think we should we should ask Hunter Biden. They're not going to be asked. I mean, why, if you are Joe Biden, why would you have your son come out on the weekend before the the big debate mm-hmm. and have him say, yeah, I'm going to quit China. I mean, they had me at hello. <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to quit China now. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would you do that right before and then have him speak to ABC News? Yeah. Why not and wait to release a... it, release it on the day yeah. of the debate? That's insane. Why not wait until after the debate? It's very right. strange. And, it you know, look, the Biden campaign for for everything that Joe Biden is and is not, you'd think he'd have competent campaign people around him. Right. Like this is a guy who was vice president for eight years of this country. He's, he's the front runner, and he does not seem to be able to surround himself with people who can figure out very basic things about how information should be released or what he should be talking about on a particular day or his approach when you have an issue. How do you, how do you respond to it? They seem to be terrible at this and terrible at fundraising. Like These are the, these are the built-in advantages you'd think a guy like Biden would have. He's, he's got, he was the freaking vice president. He's got all the people around him. He's made friends with everybody. He was in Congress for 791 years. You'd think he'd have campaign people who were competent around him. And so far, that does not seem to be the case. Well, does he have all the Hillary people around him? <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe I that's mean, what he did. He just hired I mean, all the Hillary people. Seriously, he's yeah. running it like Hillary. The, what Awful. you were just describing, he has all the fundraising capability. He has all the connections, all of the friends, been around forever. That's Hillary. It's true. Although Hillary did raise money. I mean, she had plenty of money. I'll at least give her that. Oh, Joe can't she even was, do that. Yeah, she was she was selling access. Yeah, but you know, you think Biden's above that? I mean, that's what this whole scandal's about. And let me give you this too, Glenn. We started we started this a little bit last week, and we never got through it. Okay. You are Burisma. You are a Chinese uh, corporation associated with the national government. Uh, You're a bank. Mm -hmm. uh, And you are tightly tied to the government. And you're just going to hire Hunter Biden with no experience, Mm -hmm. uh, with no obvious reason why he would be hired. And he's Mm going to be paid not $50,000 a month, which would be completely ridiculous to pay him, but much, much more than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like it was more like $200,000 a Mm -hmm. month Mm -hmm. to do these duties. Uh, All that aside, all of his experience aside, the guy's just plainly a mess, yes, okay? And a yes. lot of us are a mess. I'm not saying this to, mm-hmm. to beat the guy up. Mm-hmm. We all have our issues. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hunter's got a, a specific set of issues that would not indicate he should be hired for a high-level position anywhere, even at, like, Cinnabon, <laughs> okay? Now, let, well, let, I don't know about the high level. I would be a little uncomfortable with him just <laughs> working the counter as well. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, anything that has to do with money. I don't right. think I want this guy around. I don't know. Let me just walk you through quickly. This is his life history, and I'm not making any of this up. Okay. Okay. He was, uh, he in when he was young at college, he was drinking obviously a lot, which is not odd at all in college. Okay. He would occasionally use cocaine. Once, hoping to buy campaign or cocaine, he was sold a piece of crack. He didn't know how to use the drug, but he tried the crack and didn't uh, really get to do anything. Okay, but that's, yeah, he's young. He's, he's, in, he's in college. Lots of people do crazy things in college. Remember, though, that this is a party mm-hmm. that held multiple hearings about how much Brett Kavanaugh drank in college. Got it. Okay. But mm-hmm. they're totally cool with the cocaine and the crack the and crack, all those stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now we go on to 2003. He started drinking again. Uh, 2003, he goes with his wife, uh, Kathleen. They go to Washington. Um, 
his wife told him, hey, get sober. And he's decided he was not going to drink for 30 days. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he didn't drink for 30 days. Exactly. 30 days. Exactly. And then on the 31st day, every time he would start drinking again. He was, he was, Mm -hmm. he was proving that he's not an alcoholic. An alcoholic couldn't stop for 30 days. It sounds exactly like a story you've told me about not drinking during the day. Yep. Alcoholics don't drink, would drink during the day. And I wait till five o'clock every day. Yep. (laughs) And and justifying that it's not, you're not an alcoholic. Then uh, on September, that's September, this is 2003, business trip. Uh, they look up rehabilitation centers and goes into rehab. This is the first rehab trip. Uh, after they return, he goes into AA. Okay, so we're in 2003 still. It gets rockier, though, because you're not going to not hire a guy in 2016 because of what he did in 2003, obviously. Uh, however, he had a, a relapse in 2010. So he did go like seven years there. Good for him. Um, which is great. Seven years. He drank three Bloody Marys on a flight home uh, from uh, on a flight to Madrid on business. Less than optimal. He, he continued to drink. In secret for several months, he had another relapse in 2013 Mm. after he uh, suffered an illness and he was prescribed painkillers. In May of 2013, the night before Hunter's first weekend of reserve duty, he stopped at a bar a few blocks from the White House. Outside, Hunter said he bummed a cigarette from two men who told him they were from South Africa. He felt amped up as he was driving to Norfolk and then incredibly exhausted. So maybe he had a laced cigarette there in 2013. Mm. Okay. Boy, Still 2013. This guy's luck with, with drugs. That All he, sorts of stuff. He keeps he buying the, wrong, the thing. wrong thing. He just wanted a cigarette. I know. It's Man. so sad. So sad. A few months later, Hunter received uh, a, a letter saying that his urinalysis had detected cocaine in his system. Mm. Uh, it's a bit of a problem with the military. Tried to get his drinking under control in July 2014. By the way, I just want to tell you that this is about the time he gets hired at Burisma. Okay. Yeah. In the middle of all this, this is when he's getting hired. Tries to get his uh, drinking under control in 2014. He went to a clinic in Tijuana that tried to cure uh, alcoholism with a... a, a, a Chicken a, livers? With a... Something with a root of West, West African shrubs. It's illegal oh, in America. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, sure. Those work all the time. Yep. AA, fraud. Right. The West African shrub, shrub treatment? Shrub treatment. Yeah, Big. that works Now, time. after that, he left, came back to the United States, goes into rehab again. This is 2014 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he goes on. And again, this is now he's working at Burisma. Uh, he has a trip back to Washington. He told uh, after the funeral uh, for his brother, Bo. He tells his wife that he was thinking about running for public office. She pointed out that he only recently had been discharged from the Navy after testing positive for cocaine. They rode the rest of the way home in silence. Not a healthy relationship, per se. Couples therapy, Hunter and Kathleen reached an agreement. If Hunter started drinking again, he would have to move out of the house. A day after their 22nd anniversary, Hunter left a therapy session, drank a bottle of vodka, and moved out. Later that month, uh, he and the Burisma co-founder are in Norway on a fishing trip. Hmm. A guy who's been in all this rehab. Hmm. The Burisma co-founder drinks with him. Happens all the time. All the time. I like to take my alcoholic co-workers out. And you guys do this to me all All the time. time. You're like, hey, Glenn, nothing could work. Nothing could hurt this company if you were just drunk. No. Let's take you out for a drink. No big deal. Certainly not something you would do to gain leverage over someone. No. Okay. Uh, 2015, he's in rehab again. Early 2016, he becomes a shut-in and only leaves to get vodka. In, uh, goes back to rehab again in 2016. This is all when he's working for these big companies. Yeah, well, they're totally, like they're, they're really paying him 200 grand a, a exactly. month. Exactly. 2016 in Monte Carlo, he has cocaine in, bathroom, in the bathroom from a stranger. 2016, on his way to rehab, he loses his wallet and buys crack. Why do you hate Joe Biden? To th- the next week after that, a few more trips to get more crack. Again, we're in 2016 now. 
in fall 2016, he has a fight outside of a bar. He then gets a... He moles around town doing drugs, gets a rental car from someone, and crashes it. The rental car people bring out a new car to him. He brings that, and he crashes it again. Then... He winds up thinking he had a hallucination while driving, drops the rental car off, and the rental car people go in to find white powder all over the dashboard. Again, we are in 2016. He then goes, finally gets a divorce, and, uh, and then goes immediately to a strip club uh, where he drinks more. This is all in the middle of him having a wife, getting divorced from the wife, then getting together with the girl, the wife of his brother who passed away and beginning a relationship with her. Then they then, break up. Then in 2019, he marries a woman he had known for a week. No, that's not true. Ten days. They ten knew, days. For ten <laughs> Sorry, days. that's true. Yeah, no, but uh, I'm sure. I, look. Stable. ABC is going to be asking him all about these things. All about All them. about mm-hmm. these things, yeah. Uh, coming up in uh, just a second, I want to tell you a little bit uh, uh, what's what's coming next. First, let me tell you about Pam. She found herself in the position of not being able to sleep well at night uh, because the pain in her shoulder, she always slept on her shoulder, the pain in her shoulder was so bad it radiated all the way down to her arms and she couldn't sleep on her back. That's when she discovered Relief Factor. She was skeptical at first. She had tried a, a bunch of other pain relievers first. None of them had helped. She decided to give this a try. And the result... She's sleeping on her side again with little or no pain every single night. Relief Factor reduces the inflammation, a major source for pain, and it works for 70% of those who take it. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain, get your life back, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Order it now, relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. I uh, I want to spend more time on this on uh, tomorrow's program, but I, I want to pass this by you now. People are wondering, you know, how does this work for the Democrats? How is this going to work with this impeachment thing? Why do this? Especially why do this to poor Joe? Well, uh, first of all, they I don't think they actually care about Joe Biden, but they think that they can go around it. And we'll see with with the press tomorrow on how they actually talk to Hunter Biden about all of this. I don't think they're going to actually go after him uh, at all. In fact, Chuck Todd said this weekend he won't tolerate any questions about uh, Hunter Biden because he thinks that he's fine. They didn't do anything wrong. So they believe that this is just going to weaken Trump so much with an impending impeachment. Now, this impeachment, if you remember, if you were alive during Watergate, they had all the tables set out. All of the impeachment hearings were done in public. These are all being done in secrecy so they can control what's leaked and what's seen. Watergate was in the open, again, causing more Trump fatigue. Um, they, they believe that even if this causes and backfires on them somewhat and Biden goes out, they believe that the Trump fatigue will be so high that Warren would be elected. And what they're planning on doing, I think, is the impeachment vote will go yes in the House. But it's going to happen sometime after the holidays in the spring. Then it will go up to a vote for the Senate. If the Senate says we won't take it up, 
Then they changed the campaign of we need the House, the Senate, and the White House. And they will make the case that they, the GOP is completely uh, corrupt. If they do a trial, it will help on Trump fatigue. And they will say, because they will vote no, the Republicans, they have to win the House, the Senate, and the White House. This is a Senate strategy. The Glenn Beck Program.